1: just go to Cars.com.
0: It's Magical.
1: Welcome everybody. Welcome back to Mavs Moneyball Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Jeffrey Huberstein. Glad to be back with you after a little summer hiatus here, and a lot of things have happened since I've last been with you guys. The Mavs have signed Delon Wright. The Mavs have re-signed Seth Curry. Even though they didn't get done what you wanted them to get done in the offseason, they have improved their team. They've become a better team this offseason. And breaking news, guys, Luka Doncic is working out. He put it on the gram officially. He put a picture of him with some weights, and he is working out. You had Kristaps Porzingis commenting on his picture. You had Courtney Lee commenting on his picture. And that's how you know it's official that these guys are working out, because if you don't put it on the gram, it's not real. Uh, So we'll get into some of that. We'll get into some of the roster changes, what I like, what I didn't like and what to look forward to. This is like the quietest month of the NBA calendar. The schedule is pending release here on Monday. But I'm excited about what the Mavericks can do this summer. I think they added some necessary pieces to improve them. They're not going to be a contender this year, but they did improve their roster, and I'm excited about it. Uh, First, I think the most important roster addition was Seth Curry to bring him back. Seth wanted to be here last summer. They just couldn't figure out a way to bring him back, and he got a good deal with Portland, and as it turned out, it turned out well for Seth because Portland made the Western Conference Finals. He had a really good year and got himself paid $8 million a year. So, first of all, really happy for Seth that he got a long-term contract. Really good guy. Absolutely deserving of his deal. And gives the Mavericks their biggest glaring need. Gives them a sharpshooter. The Mavericks had no sharp shooting last year. Seth Curry is a 40% three-point shooter. He's going to knock down those corner threes that are so coveted in the NBA today. Luka, Luka Doncic and Chris Hopps Porzingis working out of a pick and roll, a pick and pop situation, or, uh, even Porzingis coming up and set the screen, freeing up Luka to go look for Seth in the corner to knock down those three point shots. So Seth is going to be a big part of this team, a big part of this offense. I could see him in a starting role. I think he's more suited off the bench as the sixth man, as your third guard, because he can play both guard spots. He can bring the ball up the court. He can initiate the offense if you need him to. Um, but I I think Seth will work well with both the ones and twos and I love I love the addition there and I think he's going to be a he's going to help this Mavs team a lot. He's going to help them in an offensive area which they desperately need help. And obviously the addition of Delon Wright is really going to help as well because Delon Wright at 6-5 will be able to guard both positions something that Luca really struggles with. He uh he's obviously Luka's obviously more flat-footed than then DeLon Wright is and his ability. DeLon's ability to be able to defend even a three is going to help the Mavs a lot. So they added pieces that I really like, and that can help them. It's a matter of whether these pieces could come together and make the Mavs even a fringe playoff team. I think they're going to be improved, but then again, every other team in the Western conference improved teams like Sacramento, teams like Utah, even though Utah was really good last year, they improved themselves by adding Mike Conley. Uh, Everybody improved. Everybody got better. Memphis got better. New Orleans got better. I think Phoenix got better. It's going to be another hell of a year in a Western Conference that it's just going to be near – impossible to make the playoffs even I, I don't know if 45 wins gets you in the playoffs this year which is absolutely crazy that would be a 12-win improvement for the Mavericks and if a 12-win improvement doesn't get you in the playoffs that could be a little discouraging but I don't think we can look at it that way I think we got to look at this thing long term because they obviously did get Porzingis signed to so that five-year 158 million dollar max which was priority number one two and three in the offseason so with that being said, I think they did have a successful offseason. It's not, they didn't get Kemba Walker. They didn't get Tobias Harris. They didn't get the guys they they probably really uh, really went wanted to seek after in free agency, which is unfortunate, but, you know, that's the lay of the land in, in Mavs' world. They rarely get the free agents they want. And so you just have to make do with what you have. And I think DeLon Wright, Seth Curry, and Boban, I, I actually like the addition of Boban too. I think... Um, in the solid measure role, I think he's a better version of solid measure. You know, he's a seven three banger. He's gonna you, you put him up against the big centers, you put him up against guys like DeAndre Jordan, guys like Demarcus Cousins, and he can play he can give you, you know, eighteen fifteen to eighteen minutes a game, and he'll be pretty productive because he can finish around the rim and I and I think he and he can block shots as well. And so I think Bobon is actually a pretty underrated addition on top of the fact that he's a world-class actor. Love you, Beaumont. It's going to be awesome. It's unfortunate that Bobby and Toby aren't a thing anymore, but I guess we'll get that twice a year when uh, when Philly comes to town and when the maps head to Philly. So looking forward to that as well. Um, I don't think you need to panic about this front office, guys. I know that's everyone's favorite thing to do is just to, to slag off Donnie Nelson and Mark Cuban that they're not doing enough. And while this was a really good summer of opportunity to really improve the team and improve the map stature in the western conference which they didn't do and they absolutely do do deserve some criticism for that uh, they did make the team better and they did make strides to putting this team in the right direction obviously when you have the two budding superstars in Luca and christops it makes things a lot easier and it makes things it, it gives you options as to what you can do in in the player acquisition period, um, and so the I think what you have to do this year is Luca and Porzingis just have to go out there and prove that that they're able to win, and I think that will attract free agents. They have to prove that they're able to play together, and they have to prove that they can go win some games. They I think they have to go make some statements. They have to go on the road. They have to go win a couple games. Go win in L.A. against the Clippers. You know, go to Utah and get a win. Um, go out there to those those tough venues in, in the NBA and go get wins and show that these guys aren't afraid and show that they can attack people and and go out there and and get wins and i think that would be that's the most important thing i want to see this year is so i want to see the maps grow on the road i want to see them be able to have to have guts and to be able to finish games and i think i think luka is is that ice cold closer that you can go to at the end of the game and if you need a go to bucket i think he'll go get it for you and if if he shows that if he shows that and if Porzingis shows that he's completely healthy from his torn ACL the free agents will want to come to Dallas i don't think that's going to be a problem in the future and you'll just you you the maps will position themselves to get the guys that they want and that's all you can do is ask to be in the position if you don't get them you don't get them and obviously the maps have not gotten them and i know that's frustrating to some people but i don't think you can play the game that way because you just you don't know what guys are going to do up until the very last minute, whether they give you a yes or a no. So obviously the Mavs are going to position themselves for a 2021 free agency. Um, their cap their room is pretty well tied up for the next couple of years with the Tim Hardaway Jr. contract and obviously the Courtney Lee contract this year. But they'll have some money off the books, some money in 2021 to play with, and everyone's favorite target, Giannis Antetokounmpo, who, by the way, guys, is going nowhere because he's getting a Supermax from the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, I'll put that out there right now. Giannis to Dallas is not happening. But the Mavs did have an Antetokounmpo that they let go in Costas, which the only reason Kostas was here, in my opinion, was to court Giannis and do Giannis's agent a uh, a favor. But now Kostas uh, is with the Lakers on a two-way, and the Mavs really don't have to worry about that anymore. So no Antetokounmpo link for the Mavericks up in 2021, but there are some other class-free agents that the Mavs can go after, and... We'll just have to wait and see. Obviously, that's two years away. I'm here sitting in August of 2019 talking about Jul- July of 2021. Uh, that's where we're at in this offseason, guys. The offseason's too long. We have about six weeks to go until training camp begins, and it it just can't come fast enough, guys. We need Mavs basketball in our life. I just wanted to bring this up here. Why why do players get fed up about their NBA 2K ratings? Does it really matter? I mean, yes, these guys are playing 2K, and they enjoy playing the game and you know having their guys be good, but... That I, I guess they they see it as a form of disrespect if they're underrated in NBA 2K. Ronnie 2K does a great job with the game, and you know he puts all the ratings together. And people freak out if they're if they're a 90 and they should be if they're an 89 and they should be a 90 or if they're a 92 and they should be a 95. I think it's a little ridiculous that the players are getting all overworked about their NBA 2K rating. And if it really matters to them that much, they'll they'll change it in the game that you can, you can change your ratings in the game. So I don't think it really matters that much. I just, I, I wish this didn't matter as much is what I'm saying. I bring this up because next week I'm going to try to bring on Kevin Correa, who is the esports expert for 103.3 FM ESPN, does a show free to play every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. And I want to get his take on the NBA 2K League and how all these professional leagues are beginning to to have their have their gaming leagues, the NHL has one. Obviously, the 2K League has one. The MLS has one. So I want to get his perspective and see what he thinks about um what he thinks about all these leagues and where where we can go from here because we're just on the surface of all these esports leagues just popping off. And so I think that'll be a really interesting conversation. So hope you guys stay tuned for that. But really. These guys need to stop caring about their ratings. It doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. Guess what? You're still getting paid to be in the NBA. You are still you still have the world's best job, one of 450 or so players in the world who gets to play in the NBA. So just put that into perspective, and next time you think about your rating, whether it's a 65 or an 85, it doesn't really matter. It's it's a video game after all. So coming up next, I want to talk about something that is currently going on in basketball And that's the FIBA World Cup and why the USA players aren't playing in it and what could make them play in the FIBA World Cup. We'll talk about that next coming up here on MAPS Moneyball Radio. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void hit prohibitive. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Welcome back, everybody. Mavs Moneyball Radio. I am Jeffrey Cooperstein. One thing I wanted to get to in this show today was to talk about the FIBA World Cup and the lack thereof of USA players playing in this tournament. It's an, it's an awesome tournament. I always look forward to it because I love seeing all the international guys uh, team up together. You know, it gives you a different look because you see these guys always with their NBA teams and you rarely get a look outside of their NBA teams what they can do on the court. And the World Cup and the Olympics give you that opportunity. You have guys in Canada. You have guys in the U.S. You have guys overseas who get to play with their teammates that maybe – they haven't got to play within the NBA, but they love that they love their their best friends with, and it it really is a great tournament, even though it's not as high level as the NBA is obviously because you have those those teams that don't have the NBA players on it, but it's always a good tournament. I always look forward to it. So I wanted to talk about USA basketball a little bit. Uh, it's unfortunate that the top tier guys really don't want to play uh, for USA this year, and I understand it because first of all the the movement of the cycle. So they move the world cup used to be on the same world cup as the soccer cycle. So it was every four years, it was 2014, 2018, 2022, but then they moved it to 2019 to make it, to put it off of the soccer world cup cycle. So they could have it have their own stage, which I don't quite understand because first the FIBA world cup would be in September. Whereas the FIFA world cup would be in June and July. And to me, it would make sense to have it on the same calendar because you have the Olympics in 2020, which is the biggest tournament for uh, for all of international basketball. They, the FIBA World Cup is second, and, and then you have the uh, Olympics. That's number one. And by putting the World Cup here in 2019, you have guys that guys don't want to play because of the impossibly long summers they're going to have, the long seasons they're going to have. So you play this season six weeks off, and then you have to go to to USA camp. And that's that's not fair to them because that's a really short summer. So you're not going to have the elite guys like LeBron, you're not going to have the like KD if he was healthy, like Kawhi, um Anthony Davis. All those guys, they're not going to play this summer because they want to get their rest because the Olympics are next summer. And those guys might be some guys that want to play in the Olympics. And the problem is that if you don't get these guys playing together, The continuity isn't there. Yes, they're far more talented than any team in the world if the USA puts their best players out there, but they don't have any continuity whatsoever. Like, on this upcoming World Cup team, since the best players aren't playing, there probably will be 10 to 12 new players that haven't played for USAB before that haven't played together, and... The USA could very well get beat in this tournament. I mean, there are some really strong teams out there. You have teams like France. You have teams like Greece uh, who've played together for years who are really good teams. You have got, like, Spain. Um, you know, Canada would have had a really good team had they put all their NBA players together. And it's it's sad to see because I think people should want to play for their country and want to represent on uh, basketball's biggest international stage. This is The, the game is in China uh, basketball is China's national sport. I mean, there's a billion people in China, and it's a huge market. That's It's not untapped, but uh, it's a good way to get some really good exposure just for your brand for yourself. So I wish these guys would take it a little more seriously. I I thought Greg Popovich would have a little more influence. I know Mike Krzyzewski did a great job with Team USA. They won gold in 2008. Uh, they won gold in the 2010 FIBA World Cup. And, or, which was the World Championships back then with Tyson Chandler on the team. And then they won, obviously, gold in 2012 and 2016. They haven't lost a game since Greece in, I believe, the 2004 World uh, Olympics. So with that being said, I'd like to see them give some incentive to play in these in these lesser tournaments, in these World Cups, in these uh, even the qualifying rounds, which, which the USA uses D-leaguers to do to qualify for the World Olympics and the FIBA World Cup. I think if you if you say you're going to play in this World Cup, it should give you an inside track to make the Olympic roster, because that's the only way you get guys to uh, you get guys to commit. You get guys to play. You get your best players out there. And while the U.S. has by far obviously the best and most talented crop and deepest crop of players there is out there. I think if you don't put your best out there, you're kind of doing a disservice to the international game by not really respecting it. And that's why I think they could get beat, because other countries are going to respect this way more than the United States are. And it's going to be a shame if the United States end up losing to a team like Spain or France or, I mean, you're those European teams that put good teams out there and really care about this. And um, I really wish that that Slovenia would have made it to see, to see Luka and Goran Dragic play, because that would have been a really, really fun team to watch. Uh, those are guys that like teams like Croatia, teams like Serbia, those guys have played together for decades. So I love watching these international competitions. I I think the U S has four or five exhibition games before they actually get going. Um, And the final is, is like on September 15th or something like that. So it moves pretty quick. And then, so you have the final on, on, you know, September 15th and then training camp starts less than two weeks later. So it's a really quick turnaround. However, when these guys play in these tournaments, they usually end up having really good NBA seasons because they're already in game shape uh, by training camp. You look at my my biggest example of this is Tyson Chandler in 2010-2011. He played on the USA team that won gold in 2010, and he came to the Mavericks already in game shape and had a head start on everyone. And we all know how that year ended for the Mavericks by winning the championship. So there definitely is some player incentive to playing in these, in these tournaments, and I wish that I wish that USAB could get more get more participation from their players. So we'll see how that happens. I still think they're the heavy favorite to win. Obviously, you have the best coaching staff in the world in Popovich and Kerr. You have Jay Wright of Villanova. I mean, these guys are going to they're gonna be well coached, and they're obviously going to have really good players in Deere and Fox and Marvin Bagley and uh, Donovan Mitchell and guys like that. So it's not like they're lacking for talent, but it's not as good as they could be. I like watching the best of the best, and I'm a little disappointed in that. So this has been your Mavs Moneyball podcast. I am your host, Jeffrey Cooperstein. You can find this podcast anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, all of that good stuff. You can find me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Coop27. And you can find Mavs Moneyball on Twitter at Mavs Moneyball or go to MavsMoneyball.com. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you again next week.